0: Hustle on over today.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, a podcast brought to you by The Dip. Before we get into all the goods, if you're new here, make sure you rate, subscribe, follow all the things because that's what we do here. That's how you show love in the podcast universe. Coming to you live from my apartment, I have a little bit of an Olive Garden hangover. But I don't regret it and I will do it again. Let's get into your pop three. The biggest headlines of the week. Chris Harrison is engaged to his girlfriend Lauren Zima who is an entertainment reporter. They got engaged in California's Napa Valley wine country. Of course they posted photos on Instagram. He wrote, I love you at Lauren Zima. The next chapter starts now Uh, on her Instagram page she also posted the same photos and said we tell each other all the time and we said it again in an unforgettably beautiful moment this weekend I didn't know love could be like this you're the most incredible partner thank you for loving me championing me and asking me to marry you here's to the next amazing chapter and all the rest I just love that they both put here's to the next chapter because (laughs) truly truly for them both it is the next chapter you know Chris Harrison's one year stint on The Bachelor came to a close this year. I guess it was at the end of last year, but you get it. Uh, it. It is the next chapter. I feel like it's the right move for Chris. A lot of people were asking if it was a Neil Lane ring. Absolutely not. Uh, McClave Jewelers, uh, he said personally worked with the designer. Here's a fun fact. I don't care about the rings at all. I actually have a jewelry phobia, I have nothing pierced. I don't have any, I don't wear any necklaces, no rings, nothing. I just don't like the way it feels on my body. I feel like in a past life, I might have died in like a weird jewelry accident. I don't really know what that would entail. But I didn't watch The Bachelorette this week because like I said, I was at Olive Garden and I will make that decision 10 times out of 10. I feel like guilty that I haven't watched this week's episode of The Bachelorette, but I have just no desire to and that makes me sad it's interesting because I wasn't one of those people who rioted like behind Chris Harrison my opinion is that it sucks that that is the way his bachelor journey ended like nobody wanted Chris to go out that way like we all wanted to see him retire like on his time but you know what things happen stuff went down and it is what it is I wasn't one of those people that are like I will not watch because Chris Harrison I think everyone is replaceable at the end of the day, including myself. So it's not that big of a deal. However, I just kind of had this revelation that it has gone downhill recently. I mean, Katie's season was a complete bust. Of course, we will get into that in our deep dive this week. And I don't want to like correlate the two. Like I'm not going to say that it's because Chris Harrison's no longer on the show that I am no longer interested because that's not the case. But it is interesting that ever since that happened on Matt James' season – I just get less and less interested. I don't really know what's going on. I did thoroughly enjoy Bachelor in Paradise, mostly because of David Spade. I think he should be the host for that part of the franchise, like period, point blank. I will force myself to watch this season. I just haven't yet. Is the Bachelor franchise dying like a very slow and painful death? Maybe, but congrats to those two on their new chapter. They don't have to worry about it, and they will be fine. Apparently, it's cuffing season because Teresa Giudice also got engaged. Let's just think about how many people have got engaged in the past two weeks. Who was it? Madison got engaged. Chris and Lauren. Uh, Teresa and Louie. And I'm forgetting the bit Oh, Kravis. Oh, my God. How? Could I forget? Back to Teresa. So per reality blurb, during a romantic getaway in Porto Healy, Greece, they were celebrating their one-year anniversary with Teresa's longtime friend, Dina Manzo, and her husband, Dave Canton. Louie got down on one knee at the Amanzo Resort and proposed to Teresa with a very over-the-top setup. Roses, candles, fireworks. There's like a choreographed fireworks display, big marry me sign, a violinist. Even if you wanted to, under those circumstances, you could not say no. Imagine that that's you. You're Teresa Judice. You're in Greece and you're unsure about this guy. Not saying that she was, but. And he goes through and puts on this extravagant production. Are you really gonna say no? It's like, say yes, and then in a couple weeks, be like, I'm sorry, I just got cold feet and I can't marry. There's a lot of suspicions around Louis, around his intentions with Teresa. Apparently, he was a big fan of the show. There was this really weird video of him going around on like this guy's retreat, like, like pleading into the camera to his ex-wife about something. But Teresa called him her soulmate. And that poor girl has been through enough. So I'm going to let her have her moments of happiness. There's so much to that relationship. It would be a good deep dive someday. So if you want me to talk about it, I will. You know how to submit the deep dive. Let's move on to our third and final headline in this week's pop three. The Real Housewives of Atlanta now has their official cast. After the departure of Cynthia and Portia, we were like, where is this ship headed? And do we want to be on it? Well, we have the cast. It is Drew, Candy, and Kenya all returning. Sheree, Marlo, and New Housewives, Sanya Richards, Ross. Marlo finally got her Peach, it took too long. I wonder what changed. Because in the past, anytime that this conversation would be brought up about why Marlo was not a full-time housewife, um, it would be that she kind of wanted to keep the, the children private. She preferred to be a friend of, but now she's full-time. And I could not be happier. I really hope that they don't change her character edit and make her like a villain because she has been so beloved for so long. Sheree is also coming back. I love that. I love that they're bringing people back. I feel like anybody that the franchise has lost in the past couple of years because we've had some wonky seasons, I feel like when you bring back people like Heather Dubrow or Sheree that it just gets people excited to watch again. Drew's coming back for a second season. I wasn't overly impressed with her, but we'll give her another chance. Candy, I feel like she's just there at this point. And let me be clear I know Candy is iconic. Like, you don't have Real Housewives of Atlanta without Candy. But at this point, I'm just like, we have heard about your 300 businesses. What else is there to discuss? Kenya. Lover, hater, you need her. I'm glad she's coming back. And this new housewife, Sanya Richards-Ross, is a boss, okay? Olympic gold medalists earned five medals at three separate Olympics, four of which are gold, along with five world championships and one world indoor championship. So very athletic. Maybe she'll get the Sheep by charade joggers. <gasps> wow. Talk about an endorsement deal. All right, you guys, there's this week's pop three. We're going to take a little break and we're going to get back with our deep dive all about Katie and Blake's breakup. Hang on. We'll be right back. I'm going to be honest, I hate scheduling doctor's appointments. It's such a hassle, right? You search and find one that looks good. You wait on hold to book an appointment. You rearrange your whole entire schedule. You finally go in to find out the doctor doesn't even take your insurance. What the heck? It's so annoying. But there is a solution. Just download the free ZocDoc app, the easiest way to find a great doctor and instantly book an appointment. ZocDoc makes healthcare easy. With ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who take your insurance Read verified patient reviews and book an appointment in person or video chat. Never wait on hold with a receptionist and listen to that janky music ever again. Whether you need a primary care physician, dentist, dermatologist, psychiatrist, eye doctor, or other specialist, ZocDoc has you covered. Go to ZocDoc.com slash MPT and download the ZocDoc app to sign in for free. Now is the time to prioritize your health. Go to ZocDoc.com slash MPT and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free free and book a top-rated doctor many are available as soon as today that's zocdoc.com slash mpt all right now it's time for our deep dive section of the podcast every single week on my instagram page at morgan p talks i open up my dms for questions that you want to talk about this question was submitted one hundred and thirty four times and yes because I hate myself I counted uh so y'all want to know about Katie and Blake so let's get into this week's question hey Morgan this is Lily from California I need to know
0: the details on Katie and Blake's split I'm so confused because it feels very abrupt do you think something happened or that they really just mutually decided to split
1: before we start if we could all just bow our heads Lord, please forgive me for the things I am about to say. Amen. 12 hours after this story broke, it wasn't even in the top five on E! News. You know when you click on E! News and they got all those top five little stories on the left-hand side? You know what they found more intriguing? Why Kristen Stewart says she's made only five really good films if that tells you anything. Katie and Blake have split. The relationship lasted roughly six months. If you don't watch the show, I'll give you a little recap. Blake came in halfway through as a leftover from Claire and Tayshia's season. Uh, The two got engaged after Michael A left, Greg left, and Katie forgot that Justin was there. So that left Blake and Katie getting engaged at the end of the season despite the nightmare that was Aunt Lindsay grilling Blake like a raw piece of chicken. They lived happily ever after, right? Wrong. Here's the statement released at the same time on both Katie and Blake's Instagram pages. It is with mutual love and respect that we have decided to go our separate ways. We are so grateful for the moments we shared together and the entire journey that has unfolded this year, But we ultimately have concluded that we are not compatible as life partners. And it is the most caring choice for both of us to move forward independently. We ask for kindness and privacy as we both navigate this transition. Both of us will forever want the best for one another and ask you to please support us in our decision. I went straight to the comments section particularly on Blake's post. You know who commented? Lori K. Public Relations, who is known for representing Bachelor Nation once they're off the show. Did Lori K. Public Relations write this joint statement for Blake and Katie? She commented, you both deserve the very best. She should have added, now let's get you on some toothbrush ads for the gram so you can be rolling in the dough. I mean, pretty generic breakup post. This is the part of the caption that really just grinds my gears. We ask for kindness and privacy as we both navigate this transition. I will not give them privacy. I won't do it. You cannot become semi-famous, your 15 minutes, from The Bachelor franchise, a show about getting the audience Most of America to become invested in your journey to find love, get engaged, break up six months later, and then ask for privacy. And it's six months later, but it's three months for us. We watched them get engaged on Katie's season three months ago on TV. I will not stand for the privacy. I hate these breakup posts, truly. Tell us how you really feel. You know they hate each other. You know it. We know it. Let's make it the most dramatic season ever, you know? But they gotta say what they gotta say. And I'm just kidding. Of course, well give them their privacy, except for the six pages of notes that I have sitting in front of me about their breakup. People are confused. We are confused. Let's just look at Katie's Instagram right now. The last photo that she posted, besides the breakup, is a picture of her looking real cute. The caption says, With him, she was a vibrant butterfly. That was five days before their breakup. With him, she was a vibrant butterfly butterfly blake liked the photo let's look at blake instagram four days before the breakup post blake posts this shirtless hockey photo with the honey bear jersey in the back you know that's their nickname for each other they wore those jerseys i think on the show katie comments what i want to know is which friend was tasked with taking this pic clearly interacting flirting what have you I know what you're thinking. Just because things seem fine on social media doesn't mean that they are. May I present to you Exhibit C of our evidence? A tweet from Katie Thurston 10 days before their breakup. Someone asks Katie on Instagram, quote, You and Blake are not liking each other's posts. Is all okay? Okay. Now, she responded on Instagram to that person saying yes, but she went on Twitter to say more about that. And I quote, Imagine your fiancé has been on his stories for weeks in Kenya working his ass off, and yet this is what some people notice with the cry laughing emoji. Guess who's laughing now, Katie? It's Lisa T, who you blocked out her picture but left her username on the post. So Lisa probably feels Very vindicated right now. Which leads us to this past week slash weekend. Katie's stand-up comedy show. So Katie performed stand-up comedy this past weekend. She opened for Whitney Cummings in Anaheim, California, which is a huge deal. Whitney Cummings is one of the most famous, you know, female comedians in the world. They don't just have Billy Bob Joe open up for Whitney Cummings in, in almost LA, right? I saw a snippet of her stand-up. It was about um, pooping at work and how you should get paid to go to the bathroom while on the clock. I mean, you get it. First of all, I've heard that joke before and it was not from Katie Thurston. And secondly, it wasn't groundbreaking comedy the first time around. Also, if you have Private bathrooms at work. We're absolutely using them to do our business. I have IBS. When I have to go, I go. I don't care where I am, what time it is, who else is there. I am going because I don't know when the next time I'm going to go is going to be. And that's on self care and that's on confidence. Let's get back to Katie. Everything I have read online is saying that she bombed this stand up show on stage. But I'm giving her the Benny, the benefit of the doubt. Because stand-up comedy is probably the hardest thing that anyone could do. So I give her props for at least trying. Here's where I have my major issue with this. Why aren't people rioting that Katie was there for the wrong reasons? When Greg did a year of acting school, then dropped out because his dad was literally Dying, and people could not, we cannot believe that Greg was an actor. Even Katie, I mean, when Katie came on to Matt James' season, she had her sex positive TikTok page, a podcast. She tried out for a well-known radio show in Seattle. And I know that because that's technically my day job. I work in morning radio and I have friends in high places or low places, depending on how you view the radio realm. I I would probably say low places based on my paychecks. But then she comes on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Then try stand-up comedy. I mean, clearly looking for her 15 minutes and an in- to the entertainment industry. I'm not mad about that. I don't care if you wanna be famous. I would do it too. If I was on the biggest reality dating show in the world and you wanna to try to make a career for yourself, totally fine. Tasha is crushing the game, but knowing all these things about Katie, it really just rubbed me the wrong way to see her on after the final rose saying, dare I say, acting? I mean, she did clear it up very quickly by saying like, I don't care if you're an actor, but don't act with me, right? That was the point she was trying to make because she knew she was there for the clout too. Everyone is, except Michael A. He's the white dove. He is the spotless lamb. We will not slander Michael A. So according to Us Weekly, Katie was meant to go to Canada right after this comedy show. A quote from Us Weekly from her said, I literally leave tomorrow in San Diego at like six in the morning. So I'm driving back home after the comedy show at some point. I also saw on her Instagram stories that she did say that people were asking, you know, when are you going to see Blake again? She was like, I'm going to Canada very soon. So this is why people are confused. So as of Friday night, you are planning on going to Canada. As of Monday, you announce your breakup. Something had to have happened over the weekend. I actually am unclear on whether or not she actually went to Canada, but something went down this past weekend, whether it be they talked about it and realized that they were just in two different places or something a bit more juicy happened. There is another quote from this article in Us Weekly. Katie talking about her relationship saying, we're figuring it out. We don't know. This is very new to us still. I'm just focusing on myself. He's focusing on him. And if we work doing that, great. She also used the term winging it. It doesn't sound too convincing, does it? If we work doing that, great? Seems kind of an odd statement for an engaged person to be like, yeah, you know, we're just flying by the seat of our pants. If it works, great. If not, oh well. It just seemed kind of strange to me. You cannot wing a long-distance relationship, especially especially in international long distance relationship. Luckily, you have come to the right place today because I am the expert at long distance relationships, specifically international long distance relationships because I've been dating my boyfriend who as I have told you lives in London. For almost four years now in January, it's been my longest relationship ever. Never lasted longer than a year because I pretty much don't like anybody. But my boyfriend, apparently I love. Here we are four years later. Right now, with COVID protocols, with visa statuses, it is not easy at all. Canada and America are both slowly opening up. Again, so things are getting easier. I mean, as I have told you here on the pod before, my how my boyfriend was able to get to the States because he was not able to come from London straight over to the United States. He had to go from London to Canada where he stayed with his family for a two-week quarantine and then he was allowed into the United States. So I believe, you know, Blake as a Canadian would be able to just come in, but you can't overstay your visa. Uh, my boyfriend is here on a tourist visa. He can only stay for 90 days at a time if you overstay that is one sure way to make sure you never get back into the United States like even this time around what my boyfriend and I did is he normally stays for three months at a time but we had to factor in the fact that he might I mean knock on wood I don't want this to happen but he might get COVID okay if that does happen he's double vaxxed he'll be fine we both are but if he gets COVID at the end of his trip and is not allowed to board a plane and overstays his visa, he will not be allowed in the United States. So we did 90 days minus a two-week quarantine, God forbid, in case he comes down with COVID. So just a lot of stuff on the brain right now for long-distance international relationships. David and I barely saw each other Two times in a year and a half. So here's my question. Why are producers casting Canadians on the American version of the show, especially in the middle of a pandemic? They're setting them up for failure. There's a Canadian version of the show. I'm just confused by that. I also find it weird that she moved to San Diego knowing her winner, if you will, lived in Canada. That was a direct choice of her. Was living in California maybe more important than being close to her fiance? Maybe. How close was it? I don't have the answer to those questions. I just think that it's an odd choice. Now, I get it if you don't want to move to Canada right away. Because like I said, it's a process with visas. I'm not even sure if she could move there, you know, willy-nilly. She might have to be on a work visa, which is harder to obtain, or a marriage visa. But if they clearly weren't ready to get married. Huge commitment, but it just seems like she moved from Seattle to San Diego, not necessarily a choice that would put them in a position to succeed. Now, I don't know what the right answer is, but just a strange choice. So let's talk about Blake. Do we believe now that he's a love bomber? Absolutely. Imagine it's like Blake's job now to show up on just every single season of The Bachelorette from now until the end of time. Imagine, it's week four and here comes Blake. He's in his confessional. I just know that this time it would work for me. We talked once via DM and I just know, I just know that this time is different. The guys would be like, bro, you won't believe Blake just walked in for the fourth year in a row, bro. They'd be like, he just goes on trips to Africa and comes straight back to the Bachelor mansion every single time, bro. Can you believe Blake's here again? So what happens now? Look, I don't think that she's going to end up with any of her other guys. Michael A. is way too pure. You know what I mean? Like, they just do not fit. Andrew wrote on his Instagram story that that chapter is closed. He's like, it ain't gonna happen craig unless hell itself freezes over they are definitely not getting back together and katie doesn't even remember that justin was in her final two so they're not getting back together i think eventually katie's gonna end up dating one of those guys that she's always running around san diego with and i think blake will fall in love with the first girl he sees on his next african safari So there you guys have it. This week's deep dive, six pages worth of my thoughts on Katie and Blake's split. Like I said before, every single week we take submissions from my followers. So if you want to be on the pod, you want to submit a deep dive questions, you can always do so at Morgan P Talks. All right, to wrap up today's show, I want to talk about Winter House because last week we had to do Michelle's season review, so we did not get to review the series premiere of Winter House. I know that we are now a couple episodes in, but we're going to keep it really light. I give it five out of seven hot tubs. If you watch the show, you know why I'm rating it out of hot tubs. Is Summer House, Winter House, Southern Charm, this mix of people, the new... Vanderpump rules. I think it is. Listen, because specifically Summer House, we'll just we'll just focus there for a second. It's the same concept as Vanderpump rules in terms of where these people are in their lives, right? Like whenever Summer House started, these people still had jobs. It's just every weekend they went out to the Hamptons to have some fun that's how Vanderpump started they all were working in the restaurant and they would just go out and party and hook up and all this stuff so I feel like now that the Vanderpump rules kids are getting older they're having babies they're like not poor anymore it's not as fun to watch just the chaotic mess and I feel like summer house is a chaotic mess winter house is the most chaotic thing that I have ever witnessed on television and I thought it was a work of art Okay, I wanna just talk about first impressions. We'll not get into the drama yet because I have a very fun announcement that I will tell you about at the end. It was so good to see Paige and Amanda without Hannah. I'm gonna leave the shade right where that is. Is Paige not just the cutest thing that you have ever seen in your whole entire life? She is so cute. She's so funny. I just love seeing her shine. And is it just mirrored as Kyle? sound more and more like Scooby-Doo every single time that he gets on our televisions. When he was talking to Andrea in the hallway, he was like, oh, really? I was like, I've heard this before. Like on one Saturday morning, Cartoon Network. He sounds like Scooby-Doo. The next time that you watch Winter Owls and Kyle has one too many lover boys, listen to his voice and tell me that you don't hear it. Andrea. Andrea, the Italian stallion. I mean, Wow. Even my boyfriend, when he brought the girls coffee in bed, David was like, wow, that man knows what he is doing. First impressions of the other newbies, I like them. Gabby to me doesn't seem like the obvious choice for a reality television show. Just because she seems more reserved, but we'll give it some time. Jason I like, Julia I like. We already got some love connections between Paige and Andrea, Sierra and Austin, Oh, Austin. Oh, Austin. There's something about Austin. We know that he's going to be in a love triangle this season with Sierra and Lindsay. And everyone's asking the question, what is it about Austin that these women are just drawn to? You know who Austin is. Austin's that guy that you that you crush so hard on and it's never reciprocated to the same level. Like he'll give you bits and pieces here and bits and pieces there, but it's never like, okay, let's lock this thing down. It makes your life a living hell for like six months. And then you look back in a year and you're like, what was I thinking trying to be with that guy? That's who Austin is. I think Lindsay and Austin would be a good pair because to me, they're very similar. They both just have chaotic energy, and I love it. And Luke, he's in his element. He's in the snow, tapping maple trees. I have no idea what Luke is talking about half the time, but I'm here for it. Is he going to chop as much wood as he did in the Hamptons at Summerhouse? I mean, I sure hope so, because they'll actually need the wood this time. And you know your girl loves a Craig Conover appearance. I've watched a video of Craig falling down the stairs 73 times, and I love it every single time. Okay, speaking of Winterhouse, I have to tell you something. I, Morgan P. W., have booked my first Bravo Love to be on the podcast. It's very exciting. I'm not going to tell you exactly who it is, but it's someone who is on our television screens right now, It's somebody on Winter House. So I'm not going to tell you who it is because that would ruin the surprise. But make sure you tune into next week's episode because we have a Winter House cast member. That's going to be on Morgan's Pop Talks. Can you believe it? We are living our best life. All right, you guys, that's it. Make sure you rate, review, follow, subscribe, whatever it tells you to do on your phone or your computer to make sure this thing pops off. I want to say thank you really quick to Josephine Loves DC who left me a really nice review. I won't read the whole thing, but she said, truly, I feel like I'm chatting with my BFF while listening to this podcast while I cook. Seriously, a great way to end my day. Josephine, let me just tell you, sister, I could not have read that review at a better time because I was was and still kind of am just like doubting myself you know just because you have like somewhat of a following and I don't consider myself an influencer in any way shape or form I I don't make money on the internet like I need to be a little bit more financially well off to consider myself you know an influencer but just because you have somewhat of a following doesn't mean that anything new that you do will be successful. And I feel like a lot of times on social media, you know, you see things, it's like, oh, you know, Morgan is posting these things on Instagram and she's on TikTok and she has podcasts. Everything must be going so well. Like, of course, I am so grateful, but it's a lot of hard work. You know, I, I still have a regular job, but this is the stuff that I love to do. And I hope that it just like resonates with a few people. I was just feeling like major imposter syndrome. Like, what am I even trying to do here? But reading that review, it made me cry, honestly. So, Justine, thank you. You don't have to leave that nice of a review, but if you just boop, like a little three, four, five star, it would help get this podcast pushed out to people who don't follow me. That's how these things kind of gain traction. And don't give me like a one or two star because those are some fighting words and it would probably make me cry. All right, that's it. Episode five in the books. Make sure you come back for the next one, okay?
0: Gorgeous gaming, stunning streams, unbelievable bandwidth. It's another Lifestyles of Gagillionaires. Meet the AT&T Fiber customers winning at life with Hyper Gig Speeds. Meet Gagillionaire Terry. While his love of streaming horror movies has him constantly on the edge of his seat, his internet bill won't give him a scare. Oh, No data caps, no equipment fees, and no price increase at 12 months. Limited availability in select areas. Visit ATT.com slash Hypergig for details. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator.
1: Okay, so this bike says she is struggling with her place in the motorcycle community.
0: Well, she says she hasn't peaked yet, but she's having a little epiphany. Okay. Oh, that maybe life itself is the peak. Hmm, interesting. In my experience, I found that... so I just translate. Not allowed to have opinions. Got it. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.